0: Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stugos, and this is Stupotomy! Here we go, Jim. Tony.
1: Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review by doing that. You have made us the biggest podcast in the world. Keep doing it. We are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code Stu for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Stu only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Good afternoon, Mikey and Billy. What's going on? What's up? Hello,
2: how's it going? Mikey, I feel like it's been a while since the three it of us has. have been together doing one yeah. of these. Too long, almost. Mm-hmm. It, it
0: has. It has. It's not, we did a Zoom Zoom when I was on vacation, but before that, it was forever. Your he vacation
2: Your vacation seemed exhausting to me just because K-Funk was finally able to track you down. He
0: got me. He, he, yeah. he, he got me. He, he got me to meet him at, at an establishment. Wow. And, and, and talk shop.
1: Really? What, what was the oh, name yeah. of the establishment? You want to share that with us?
0: Penthouse. Oh, no. Oh, no. Was
1: Lacey working? Wednesday at 2 o'clock. Was, of course. That's where he goes. I, mean. I met Lacey. She gets a lunch special. I mean. You did meet Lacey? I, of course I met Lacey. That's why Lacey. we met there. The lacey's the bartender at the Penthouse, she also owns an air conditioning company. <laughs> and heating.
2: Yeah, he, cooling and heating.
0: <laughs> heating, we're there in Tampa. Yeah. I
2: mean... <laughs> so was it you was like your first time going to like Disney World where you met like these people
0: in, in real life? Yeah, it was, honestly, they were more like, oh my God, you're, you're the Mikey A. I'm like, yeah, I am. Wow. I, I am that guy. Yeah. Wow. Celebrity. It was, it was really interesting because K Funk was all business. Like, we sat down, and like, a, a girl would come up and sit down and start trying to talk and, you know, sell him on some stuff. And he's like, Excuse me, we're talking. So, here's what? the other idea I had for the podcast. I was like, This is amazing. <laughs>
2: Wait, so hold on a second. Like This was like a Shark Tank where you were Mark Cuban and K-Funk was just pitching things to you and people would come up and just like, no, uh, no, it
0: was not, more, no. I, I would say it was more of a, a back and forth where we were just talking, you know, podcasts. You close any deals? What's happening? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, let, me, let, two let me
1: just say this. Um, for those of you who don't know K-Funk, he's Jabba Chamberlain's assistant.
0: Okay? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Might be Mikey's assistant soon, it sounds like. <laughs>
0: Listen, what weird, I'll be what that a, guy's assistant. What a weird compilation of shows we t- put together.
2: <laughs> the weirdest thing is that this is the intro to Mike Breen.
1: <laughs> All <of> in <it. laughs> favor, Mike Breen. <laughs> Some dummy Breen ain't going to listen to this episode. <laughs>
0: like he's gonna Uh, start it (laughs) i love you k-funk
1: oh i love you mike breed oh my god that is so great uh billy is right hall of famer mike breed voice of the nba (laughs) and voice of the new york knicks uh we're gonna ask him if he wishes he was calling football instead of basketball Miller Lights. So we have. Hall of Famer Mike Breen, kind enough to uh, spend some time with us here on Stupidity. Mike, how does that feel when I introduce you now as Hall of Famer? Have you gotten used to that yet? How does that feel? <laughs> it, it, it's um, it's surreal. It Really, I'm not
4: trying to be overly humble. I know. It's just, John, it's impossible to believe sometimes. Uh, and I said this so many times. Um, I, I think I'm the most blessed guy in the business with what I've been able to do. The nicest thing about it, though, and this is the truth, the best thing about it is uh, being able to share it with all the people that are responsible. Because when I um, when I was given the award that night on stage, I said, I I wish I could invite everybody who was responsible all up on stage with me. But they haven't built a stage anywhere in the world big enough to hold that many people. So from that standpoint, it's really been wonderful um, sharing it with so many people that
1: that helped me along the way. Mike, can you take us inside the, when you realize, when you get the phone call that you have made it to the basketball hall of fame, can you kind of take us inside that moment? Uh, your emotions, what, what, what you were feeling, what you were thinking, all of it.
4: I was on a, on a plane, on a coast to coast plane, uh, flight, and I guess they tried to call me because when I, when the plane landed, I saw that I had all these missed calls. So they sent me an email John Deleva, who is the one that's responsible, he sent me the email, and so I'm reading the email on the plane, and I got pretty emotional. And the guy, like, the guy next to me on the plane is looking like, okay, I got who I got this nut job who's crying next to me on the
0: plane, and I have no <laughs> idea
4: why. But I didn't care what he thought because it was uh, it was unbelievable. It uh, again, it just it, it it brought up so many memories from way back when I was a kid to. To that moment and all the people that played a
1: part of it uh that i uh i got really emotional on the plane it's kind of not the call you want to miss mike you know i mean i know <laughs> you, i know you can't plan these things but being on an airplane like that's not the call you want to miss <laughs> no no
4: um right. and i almost missed another one after i got it I'm, I'm sitting at home and on my television um the tv system that i have that i didn't i certainly didn't set up um, when a <laughs> call comes in, it says who the person is. Does, right. does that have that on? Okay. So the call comes in, and it said Vince Scully. Oh wow! And and I talk about again going through. I have become this uh, this emotional fool later on in life. Seeing his name up on the TV and picking up the phone and hearing that voice on the other end. It was it was one of the most memorable moments. I mean, he's somebody that anybody who who's in our business looks up to, not just because of his great success, but the type of man he's always carried himself as. And uh, so I went through it again. I had a lot of those emotional moments,
1: but those two stand out. That is uh, very cool. Why have you become an emotional mess as you've gotten older here? What's going on with you? Mike, I've noticed the same thing about myself. Like my kids are off to college soon. We're gonna be empty nesters. I'm crying on a daily basis. Why have you become an emotional mess as you've gotten older? Well, I, I cry at commercials for crying <laughs> out loud. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Right. It, it, I, I, and
4: I, I'll give a serious answer to this. I, I think it's just, you know, as you get older in life, you start to to really understand and appreciate the things that mean the most to you. And for me, it's it's the relationships and the friendships and the family. And, and um, that stuff gets to me. And I, I think that's part of it is that um, – You know you're just so appreciative and feel so blessed that uh the life that that i've been given and uh and the people that have have made that life so much better so i I think that's that's my reason why but it comes on at any moment there's certain songs now that hit me um so my dad when i was i'm a crazy music fan music is like a huge part of my life right Uh, i listen to music every day it's like it's in my soul for crying out loud so the other day um, a song came on, and people my age will remember the song. It's called The Wichita Lineman. It's a beautiful song written by Glenn Campbell back in the 60s. And it's an old-timer song, but it's one of the first songs that my dad played for me when I, we were kids. I'm one of six boys, and he, used to, he loved music, so he kind of introduced me to music. And that was one of the first songs. So I'm thinking of him. When I hear this song, and every time I hear it, I think of him. So as another one. I just start start getting all emotional again, thinking about that stuff. So
1: if, if stuff happens. If you make me cry on this on this podcast, I'm going to be very upset with you. I'm not going to make you cry, Mike. I promise you. But your <laughs> your poor mom. I mean, six kids, all boys. I mean, <laughs> that's terrible. I feel terrible for her. Now I'm going to no, cry it was, for her. It was, it was great. It was great. Right. It was like sports was
4: not an option. It was, a, it was expected in, in a house because my, my dad was a big sports fan and we all just followed suit. But my mother always said that, uh, you know, after two boys, she thought, oh, it'd be nice to have a girl. After three, she thought that would be okay. Right. She goes, after four or five, she goes, this is all I know. I'm sticking with the boys. <laughs>
1: Where'd your love of music come from?
4: Uh, first from my dad and then three of my brothers were older and, uh, and they used to... Um, they used to listen to records on the, on the, you know, the, on the record player. Yeah. So I really got a lot from them. Like one brother was a, was a huge Jethro Tull fan, so I became a huge Jethro Tull fan. Another brother was a Springsteen fan, so I became Crazy Springsteen. And then you start picking your own bands. and uh, But it was really from my dad and from my older brothers that I, I got a love of music. And then we all took piano lessons when we were kids. And so I, I always played piano and I've always loved music, whether it's classical, whether it's rock, whether it's jazz, that has anything piano in it. Any Grateful Dead in there? Oh, sure. Love, love Grateful yes. Dead. Yes. Plus, you have you have. I was uh, uh, turned on even more to the Grateful Dead in those years that I worked with Mr. Walton, who, uh, who, as we you know, is yes. is one of the all time
1: great Deadheads. I just saw a show with Bill and Luke out in California a couple of weeks ago. It was a three. I have now seen three dead shows, Mike Green, with Bill Walton. I am not certain Bill Walton realizes he has seen a single dead show with me. Okay.
0: <laughs> I think that's. A- I think
1: that's a fair bet. Uh, The great Mike Breen with us, voice of the NBA, voice of the Knicks. Mike, did you notice, and and I apologize, if you don't want to discuss this, it's fine, but I found it fascinating. As you and I were trying to coordinate this interview, and it took us weeks, okay, you told me after the season that you have an agreement with your wife that you put the phone down for a week, you don't check it, you don't look at it, you don't use it. Uh, I am wondering where that, like how that happened, why you do it, and I'm wondering of it to the best week of your life? <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> well, first off, I, I I do have to check it because I do have kids that I have to check. So I, it's not like I just put it in a drawer. But I, I I don't call back for the first week because I'm on the road so much during those eight months and I owe it to her to, to, to try and devote my attention uh, to being back home again. Uh, plus, it's I, I find it so liberating to put the phone down. Lots of times during the summer, I'll, I'll look at it in the morning I'll put it down. I won't look at it till, you know, maybe dinnertime or even later than that. And those are the best days because you're not caught up in checking Twitter. You're not caught up in, in checking your emails. You're not caught up in returning, you know, 25 texts that you receive and you wind up enjoying the day more. It, it sounds goofy. And again, I sound so old when I say it, <laughs> Right. but it, it is, it is one of the best weeks because you're just, you're just
1: worried about the present and nothing else. And it's, uh, it's pretty wonderful. Mike, did you notice you've called all the uh, Golden State Warriors titles? Um, and I'm wondering, did you notice what I think we all kind of, at least, noticed from our couches watching it on TV? It seemed to me like Steph Curry enjoyed winning this one uh, more so than any of the other three that he's won. Did you get? Did you get a similar feeling calling the games? A hundred percent. It yeah. was.
4: Uh, it was pretty cool to watch. You know, he's. He's emotional on the court, but I've never seen him like that. Uh, and I've never seen him like break down like he did uh, when they finally realized that it was all done. And I think it was for a number of reasons. Um, you know, the first ones are always, it's spectacular, it's exhilarating. But you also, after you win that first one, I've had a lot of players tell me this, uh, you realize just how difficult it is to do uh, when they try and do it again. And in some ways it means more. And it's almost like a drug. Not only has Curry talked about that, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, talked about that this year with us, where he said he wanted the second one even more because the feeling of winning it, um, it's like a drug. It's an addiction that you just, you can't compare it to anything else. He said he watched the Super Bowl and watching the the winning Super Bowl team made him, oh my goodness, I I need to win again. I need to win again. And I think Curry uh, felt the same way. And I also think, you know, we talked about how Dwayne Wade, sacrifice for LeBron James when LeBron James came to Miami. Wade had already won a title there. And James came in and Wade basically gave him the keys to the car and said, you're the guy, I'll do whatever it takes. Well, Curry did the same thing with Durant. And I don't think he got the same credit that that Dwayne Wade did. Uh, And they both deserve it. Curry won a championship. And Kevin Durant came and he basically said, you're the guy. And Durant was spectacular and won the two finals MVPs. And Curry was, was so good with that the way he handled it, he just wanted to win. And now to come back again, and remember he had a couple of years where they were awful, and it was because Thompson was out and Curry hardly played that one year, mm-hmm. um, that I think they just realized, number one, how hard it is, number two, how special it is. And uh, it was nice to see that overflow of emotion. Uh, I, I said in our closing that, that um, you know, he, his hunger for winning has not changed despite all the titles. And that doesn't happen with every player.
1: Uh, Mike, do you think when we when we twenty years from now look back and talk about the all time greats, top five players, all that? And I know you don't get too wrapped up in that stuff. Do you think Steph is in that conversation now? I hate that stuff. I hate I know.
4: putting on, you know, one top five or top ten. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy has a great line. He, he it's not his line, but he quotes it all the time. Comparison is the thief of joy. Right, and, and I, I I so believe that. It's just like. Why do we have to rank? Because every time you start ranking, you have to wind up saying something negative about a special player. Well, you're not in the top 10 because of this. No, the guy's a crazy, spectacular player. Why do we have to rank? And I know it's fun for fans and I know it's fun to have, you know, arguments like that. I I just go crazy on that. I, I, I never put guys in. he's the top five. Who's my starting five of all time. I just, there's too many great players to be able to to whittle it down to just a small number
1: that's totally fair but I will tell you I I will blame a a place that you used to work at WFAN they're the reason okay (laughs) that that sports radio station Mike and the Mad Dog they're the reasons we do it Uh, what interests you the most right now in free agency like you mentioned Kevin Durant I am shocked Mike that two years into the experiment with Brooklyn we are back at basically square one where Kevin Durant is being shopped the fact that the Warriors want to tie before Durant and Kyrie won a title um, was pretty surprising to me. But uh, what do you make of what's going on with the Nets? Are you surprised that the Nets, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, did not work out?
4: Um, I I was surprised. The the Irving thing, not as much. I I think it was really frustrating for everybody last year uh, with him not being available on a regular basis. The Durant part really did surprise me because I thought he was happy there. You know whether or not he was not pleased with the way they handled the Kyrie Irving situation I mean he's the only one that knows that um but the thing about it what what makes it so interesting is it's rare that one player can completely shift who's going to be the favorite to win the title and the problem is to be able to get equal value for that player is going to be almost impossible to do um so it's you know for example how it impacts several things the league can't even make their schedule right now because they don't know where durant's going to be if durant's going to be on brooklyn they'll be prominently figured in big games on big days like a christmas day or or um on national tv but if he goes to another team then all of a sudden that completely changes the schedule so um his impact on what this means in terms of where he goes is uh, is enormous like we've we have very rarely seen over the years
3: Support your journey to wellness at B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: I love that you're a dead fan, though. Now I want to have you on all the time and just talk about music. <laughs> I do. I don't even want to talk basketball anymore. I just want to talk music with <laughs> you, Mike, for me. Do you ever see the movie Mask? uh i have not no
4: eric Stoltz. great it's a great share. movie share is phenomenal in it um the movie uh mass is great but it ends with the song ripple and it's perfect like yes. I- i'm very big into music and movie soundtracks and stuff i'd love that
1: but ripple is the perfect ending to that movie I love that you love the dead. Like, like this is this is news to me. Uh, You're gonna have to come to a dead show with me, Mike Green. Okay. Have you seen Dead and Company yet? Or no, I have not. No. Are you like? Is that because of uh, your like Jerry Garcia? I'm not. I I mean, I I like their music, but I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a deadhead. Okay.
4: Um,
1: What's your favorite band?
4: Um, As a kid, it was it was definitely Jethro Tull love jethro hotel but i'm a i'm a springsteen nut right um big into peter gabriel love peter gabriel um I, i'll go on and on if you want to talk music i, I have so many different artists what's van gundy rocking at to he like you know what he likes a little bit of everything he's got a very uh, eclectic sometimes he'll be sitting sitting in arenas and a song will come <laughs> on and he starts singing it's like, oh, just shut up. You can't. <laughs> but no, he's at, he's at the music. He, you know what? He lists, because he, he lets his daughters pick the songs when they're driving in the car. So, whatever the, the most
1: recent song from them. Oh, whenever he's you know, heard last like, like, is the one that he's singing. Yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Mike, outside of the Nets and everything else going on, what, what interests you the most right now in terms of free agency uh, in the NBA? Well, again, when when, when you have
4: a, a player of Durant's magnitude, it just everything just follows suit. Like teams are going to be hesitant to make a move until they know for sure either that they can get him or when they can't get him. So it kind of it's kind of stalled the progress. There's still a lot of free agents, not not huge names that are out there that could really help contending teams. But teams want to hold on to their ability to make deals and have versatility in terms of the cap and their roster. Uh, until Durant makes his decision. Uh, and that's going to be the most interesting part. How long would that take for teams to get back involved in it? How long will it take for Durant to, to perhaps be dealt? Or would, would Brooklyn hope that the fact that they haven't made a deal, that maybe he'll soften on his trade request? Because they would love to keep him. I, I don't think they, they want to keep Kyrie Irving, again, because the unpredictability of his availability. Uh, but I, I think they, they would st- – somehow want to convince Kevin Durant that your best chance at a championship
1: is in Brooklyn. Uh, Mike Breen with us here, voice of the NBA, Hall of Famer Mike Breen, uh, joining us, nice enough to join us here uh, on Stupidity. Mike, there was a time where you called football, right, where you were doing giant preseason games?
4: I did giant preseason for a few years. I did um, a full
1: schedule of
4: of the NFL, I think, three years with NBC and with Fox. and to this day, I miss it. it. There is something special about calling an NFL game. You know, you do all the work during the week, and then it's about time for that kickoff, and you're sitting up in that booth. Um, it, the adrenaline is like nothing you can experience as a play-by-play announcer. So it's really cool. And and I work with um, – uh, James Lofton was my partner at NBC, the, the former uh, Hall sure. of Fame wide receiver. Yeah. He was great to work with. Billy Moss was, was one of my partners at Fox. And then one year, we – um at fox i was like the sixth or seventh team so i was doing the games that went to 37 people whereas you know the main games go to 65 percent of the the uh the nation but one thing they did is they had a player from the bye week was my analyst every week so if a certain team was off one of the guys who wanted to get into broadcasting was my analyst and it was fun it was really fun and one of them was marcus allen Wow. Um, who was such a blast to work with and, and such a great guy to be around. And, you know, you could see that he was going to do this later on in his career as well. So uh, the NFL experience was great. I, uh, you know, I still wish I was calling games. But back then with the NBA season so long and I had my kids were small then, it just it took away. I was away too much, so I couldn't do it anymore. I want to spend a
1: little more time at home. It'd be a good time to jump back in, Mike. I know you love your job, but it, you know it'd, it'd be a pretty, pretty smart time to jump back into the NFL right now. <laughs> yeah, so the salary for the
4: uh, <laughs> for the NFL. I was right. teasing Joe Buck about that. Uh, yeah. Now that Joe Buck's coming to ESPN, I said, you know, hey, will wh- you come out to dinner? You're paying for dinner the next fifty times we go to dinner. <laughs> um, but you know, that's that just shows you the popularity of of the NFL. It's just. Uh,
1: No matter what happens, it's still off the charts. Well, it's funny because we were just out in Lake Tahoe playing in the golf tournament and we had Joe Buck on the show and we were talking about the explosion of money uh, with NFL broadcasters. So what do you what do you make of that? Like, I was trying to to explain to Joe, hey, if there's a football game I want to watch, I don't care who's calling the game. I'm going to watch the game. And we were trying to come up with a theory as to why all these entities, all these media networks are spending so much on play by play and an and analyst. And, and Joe thought because of credibility and thought, you know, sales had something to do with it and wanted to present the best possible product. Uh, what is your theory on what's going on right now in broadcasting? Because it's a great time to be an NFL broadcaster.
4: Right. Well, I, I think Joe's right about the credibility factor, uh, and especially when, for example, ESPN is going to have their their very first Super Bowl, right. um, and they want to have you know special people. Now, I happen to think like Steve Levy. Uh, I'm a huge Steve Levy fan. I've known him since he first got in the business. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. But Joe Buck is is one of the all time legends of the business. And yes, I agree with you a hundred percent that nobody's not going to watch a game because a certain announcer is doing it or, or not doing it, but you can, a, a good announcer can really enhance the game for the fan in, in a lot of cases. So um, if you're asking me to find, say that uh, they're overpaying play-by-play guys, I'm just not going to do it. So don't leave me down there. <laughs>
2: it's a good move. You don't want to do that, Mike.
4: <laughs> I'm not going to do it's just. It's the most underrated job in America, and all play-by-play guys need to be paid more. But do you ever, Mike, <laughs> do you ever see the reports where it's
2: like, Joe Buck's going to make 17, you call your boss, and you're like, you know, I, you know, I, I could do this for 15, you know, for in a pinch here.
4: <laughs> you know what, uh, Billy, it's, uh, uh, when anybody, I, I've always tried to feel, if that's what he can get, man, more power to him. Uh, I really, I, I'm not interested in talking to him anymore. But if if that's what he can get, that's a great thing.
1: (laughs) Next 50 dinners. I mean, he's got dinner for life, Joe Buck. Yeah, yeah, it should have been dinner for life. Yeah. (laughs) I I said, when I see you in the ESPN commissary, you're picking up the tab. (laughs) Who are Mike Breen? I've always wanted to ask you this because you're so good at your job. Like, who does Mike Breen enjoy listening to in terms of play-by-play? If I were to ask you, give me your top five play-by-play guys of all time. you top You're going with this top five stuff again. I I want to hear, I want to hear. Across all (laughs) eras. No, no, that is top five basketball players. It's Steph Curry. And I regret asking that question, but this is in your wheelhouse. Like the announcer's announcer. I'm interested in who Mike Breen thinks or thought was really good at this.
4: Well, I mean, right now, I think in in every sport, there are more good play-by-play guys than there ever has been. I mean, you put on a college game that's the seventh game, and you're going to hear a terrific play-by-play voice. The NFL guys, the NBA guys, um, you know, for example, let me just go with NBA right now. Um, at, at ESPN, Mark Jones, fantastic. Dave Pash, one of the most un- underrated play-by-play guys in the business. Ryan Rucco. Um, and then look over at TNT. Right. Ian Eagle, who's one of my best friends, this guy is as good as anybody in the business doing not just NBA, but anything. Uh, guys like Brian Anderson, Kevin Harlan is spectacular. I mean, th- there's so many good just NBA play-by-play broadcasters. For me, though, um, like growing up, Marv was the biggest influence, Marv Albert, uh, yeah. as a New Yorker and as a Knicks fan. And uh, he's a big part of why I-, I fell in love with perhaps doing play-by-play. Uh, there were two other guys that that had a big influence on me in terms of why I, I-, I said, well, I- I'd like to have a little something what they have. And one was Dick Enberg and the other was Vern Lundquist. Mm-hmm. And the reasons I love them is because they, they had a certain warmth to them when they were on the air. You, you felt like they were your friend and they were both interested in the stories like Dick Enberg, his storytelling, he he would make you feel want to root for the, the backup left tackle because of a quick story that he told about that player. And Vern Lundquist, I don't think there's ever been an announcer. It sounds like, the guy he was sitting next to, whoever his partner was, was his favorite person in the world. <laughs> and those are two people that, that really had an impact. But but I, I really mean what, what I'm saying. I, I know I'm, I'm not fully objective because I'm, I'm in, the, in the industry. But there are so many good play-by-play voices. And I know I'm going to be mad after this is over when I went through some of the NBA guys. And I know there's somebody I left out that, that I'm going to be mad at myself for. So if that's the case, I'm calling you at 3 o'clock in the morning angrily <laughs> To complain about asking me these ridiculous
1: top five questions. But Mike, everyone knows you're a great guy. Like everyone knows you're the yeah. nicest man going. Like I mean, what's the key to being a nice man, Mike? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you stop? What kind
0: of question? What's wrong? With Take you? notes. Dude. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is no one's going to
1: get upset at you yeah. because you left their name off the list. Yeah. Everyone knows Mike is a kind man. Do oh, this, we're Mike. all a thin-skinned bunch, so yeah. <laughs> we really <laughs> are. That now that no that you are one thousand percent correct. Listen, we can give it out, but we can't take it. That's the mm. problem with sports media right now. Anyway, go ahead, Billy. I'm sorry. So,
2: if you don't have a top five, bottom
1: five broadcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, Well, I got a whole list. <laughs> give us the worst broadcast.
0: <laughs> I, <like, laughs>
4: I like this better when we were having technical difficulties and you couldn't hear me. <laughs>
1: I hear you just fine now, though. So go ahead and fire away.
4: <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine the headline if I listen five of my? No, like I'm a I'm a, a crazy sports fan. Like I, I I'm a um the Mets are my team. During the summer when I'm off, I go to uh, as many games at City Field as I possibly can. I'm actually going to to Wrigley Field this week um, for the nice. Mets Cup series. And, uh And yeah, Mike Mike McCarthy, who's the. Um, uh, he runs the uh, the TV network that the Cubs have. He's the one that hired me back at Madison square garden to do Nick games. So um, can't wait to go and can't wait to watch the Mets. So, you know, like anybody, I have certain um, announcers that I just absolutely love to watch and others as a fan, I get mad at, it, especially if I'm watching my team and there's somebody who's who I feel is not giving my team the proper credit. I, I yell at at them when they, uh, when announcers make mistakes. And I'm sure like people yell all the time when I'm uh, saying something that's pretty ridiculous.
1: So. But I am kind of named the bottom five. No, Billy, no, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Billy, no, he's not. We're capable of shame <laughs> over here, Mike. Uh, it was a great follow-up by Billy. Um, uh, listen, I am also a Met fan, a lifelong Mets fan, so I am always anticipating the worst possible outcome. But this team is good, Mike. Like, and you had to be excited watching Scherzer last night. Oh, he's he's a he's a pit bull. He's unbelievable, and we've got. Buck Showalter
4: is is a brilliant manager. Speaking of play by play guys, Gary Cohen is
1: the best. He is he's yes. as good as
4: it gets. Yeah. Um, and you know, like here in New York, uh, Michael Kay, who's we've been best friends for over forty years, and we went to Fordham together. I mean, we're spoiled in New York. Michael Kay's a, a great great announcer. So um, I love watching baseball. I love being at the park. But when I'm when I'm home to be able to watch both the Mets and the Yankees is is a lot of fun for me because because of the announcers.
1: All right. So you got Gary Cohn and you got uh, Michael Kay in there. So you have to feel bad. Don't lose any sleep tonight. You got those two names in there. You don't forget it. Uh,
4: I I need to get. Let's see, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Mariners. (laughs) Boog Shambi. I need to just keep going. (laughs) Oh, Boog's
1: my Boog's my guy. I'll see Boog Boog this
4: weekend or this weekend
1: uh, in Chicago. He's a good friend of ours. All right, we're going to get you out of here. You'd be gracious with your time. Put up with our technical difficulties. A quick game, though, before you get out of here. Breen, Jackson, or Van Gundy? Okay. This, I, I had to play this game last time. You're going oh, to you have to play it every time you come on with us now. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works.
2: It's that uh, or red light, green light. So you yes. choose.
1: Yes, you choose. No red light, green light is for next time. Okay? Oh, okay. If there is, if there is a next time after all these horrible top five questions. All right. This is the regret
4: portion of the program. <laughs> all right. Top five games we
1: play. Most likely. Now I may have asked him this question already. Now I'm nervous. Most likely to pick up the tab at dinner. Breen Jackson or Van Gundy? Uh,
4: that would be a tie with Mark and Jeff. They are, it's going to hurt me to say all these nice things about them. Those two guys are so generous and often are the first ones to, to grab it and reach it out. So I'm going to say Mark and Jeff are tied for that.
1: So you're the least likely. Well, I'm not that far behind, but they're ahead of me for sure. <laughs> do you do the old stick your hand in the pocket, act like you want to. No, for it? no, no. no.
4: What I have to, seriously, you know what I have to do sometimes is you have to before the far before the meal is over. You've got to get the waiter and give him your card because right. they often do that before it's done. Like we ask, I'll ask for the check. And it's like, oh, Mr. Jackson has already paid for it. <laughs> I
1: right, best sense of humor. I guess I'll only go Jack. You're not going to vote for yourself. Jackson or Van Gundy. Um,
4: Define best. If it's sickest sense of humor, I'm going with Jeff. Okay. Uh, If it's best sense of humor. You know, like just to give you an example, and I may have told you this last time, just to show you this is what these guys talk about. One time we had a discussion, and I think we were at a restaurant, maybe on the way to the arena. I can't remember whose funeral would you go to? That was the discussion. And we listed people that we work with. Would you go to that funeral if it was across the country? And then it became, all right, would you go to the funeral if you were on vacation and had to leave vacation for it? This is the kind of sick sense of humor. And our statistician, Dave Freed, who everybody loves, everybody loves, his name came up. Are you going to go to Dave Freed's funeral? And uh, the answer was, nah, if I'm on vacation, no, we're
2: not going. Wow. <laughs> so if Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy's funeral was on the same day, but in different locations,
1: whose funeral would you go to? Excellent question. Well, I'd be Fantastic. able to make
4: both because they'd be in different different
1: time zones. Oh, so I'd be away okay. by you, Breen. What if they yeah, were yeah. in the same time zone, though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not going to answer. But by the way, we play this game on our show all the time, just so you know, okay? Oh, my goodness. In fact, Michael Kay is outraged with Levitard right now because Levitard said, and I told Dan, just just lie. They're not going to know if you attended or not. Uh, but Dan said he would not attend Michael Kay's funeral, and Michael Kay is outraged. So would mm. Mike Breed attend Michael Kay's funeral? Is it really appropriate to torture your guests? <laughs>
4: yes. <laughs> Get to the question,
0: Bree.
4: No, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm sticking with my time zone. I, I, you know what? I would call each of their respective families and ask them to to spread it out so I could make both. <laughs>
2: now that's a really inconvenient time for me. Let's do it another
1: time. Yeah, let them on, that'd on a Zoom a great phone call to make. Can you push that back <laughs> till Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> All right. The one most likely to tear up a dance floor at a wedding or bar or bat mitzvah, Breen, Van Gundy or Jackson? Van Gundy. Absolutely. Really? Gundy. Now, I'm yeah. not
4: saying it's it's going to be a, a it, it'd be a horrific thing to watch, but he would. Jeff would absolutely do it. Absolutely okay. do it
1: because he doesn't care. Just he gets out he doesn't there and care. Doesn't... Right. Okay. Does not
4: care at all.
1: Uh, and what are you doing? Are you are you tearing up the dance floor? Are You doing the uh, you know just the slow dance? Like what's happening with you? No, I'm a, I'm a little more sensitive to other people, and watching me dance is not a pleasant experience. <laughs> uh, the one you would uh, trust the most with a with a secret, Jackson or Van Gundy. Oh wow! Yeah. See the problem. Neither one of them really
4: drinks, so you you wouldn't worry about um them after tying one
1: on revealing a secret sure. oh man tough one huh they're not going to get mad at you right like the other one's not going to get mad are they no no I, I, I. why do I have to answer these questions well you're going to hate the next one because the next one is the one you would most trust to watch your kids for the weekend <laughs> Why do I, I would, to- all right, that one I wouldn't trust either one of them? Okay. Good, how about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. You're not <laughs> you're not gonna answer the verbs on, though, are you? I can't tell you how much I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So breathe like green light next time. <laughs> it, can, can
4: it can 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 that be any worse? Like how does that?
1: um Uh we'll we'll, we'll work it out i don't think you're gonna like it but (laughs) i'll text you some of the questions before we do it next time okay all right all right pineapple on pizza red light green light (laughs) exactly (laughs) peeing in the pool (laughs) green light red light see now mike's question is a good
4: appropriate question yours just just goes underneath
2: all we did was (laughs) kill
1: your co-workers and make you choose which one you liked more Best singing voice: Breen, Van Gundy, or Jackson? Oh, uh, Mark Jackson by far. He has a good singing voice. Yeah,
4: he he he's got. He just he's into music as well. Yeah, he, he I'd pick him. Jeff's singing right. voice is is horrible, and I'm certainly not going to pick me.
1: But Jeff sings like he'll sing out loud because he doesn't give a shit about anything,
4: right? We'll be sitting at the at the table, and a song will come in during a timeout, and he's belting it out. But it, the problem is he thinks he has a decent voice, and that's always, that's always disconcerting. <laughs> Do you think Jeff's going to coach again, ever? I, I hope somebody's smart enough to hire him, and, and I hope somebody's smart enough to hire Mark. Those two guys are – they both have shown their ability to coach, get the maximum out of their teams. Um, you know, I, I loved what Steve Kerr did after he took over Golden State and the credit he gave for the foundation Mark built. Jeff just did a great job with with Team USA um, in the qualifying recently. They're great coaches, and I, to me, it's one of the all-time mysteries how neither one of them have been hired over the past however many years. It's, it's I I don't want to say it's a disgrace, but it's it's so confusing to me because they're great coaches.
1: I think what people forget about this Golden State Warriors team is that Mark was really instrumental in putting this team together um, with Steph, with Clay, with Draymond. It was the coach right before Steve Kerr came in. Um, and I, I guess just sitting next to him all this time. I know he's happy for those guys. He loves those guys and those guys love him. Um, but do you sense that maybe there's a little part that kind of eats at Mark, because he was not able to see that whole thing through?
4: No you know what he, he's an amazing man in terms of him able to see the big picture and and you know he's got a strong faith where whatever happens he's you know he he, he lets it roll off him I, I think the first the first year when they came back and, and and they won the title after he was let go that I think that was hard for him um, but he handles he handles the ups and downs of life as well as any man I've ever met he's he's amazing that way how he keeps an even keel.
1: Uh, Mike, all right. We're going to let you go here. We appreciate it. We're sorry for the, uh, for the horrible questions. You're um, not sorry. You're not sorry. I'm not, but I have to say I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Billy's not sorry either. No, I mean, but it's good that you put it out there. That you're <laughs> yeah. Even though you know you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I, love that. Yeah. I love that he just calls me out like that. <laughs> you're right. I'm not sorry, but I am sorry. <laughs> uh, we will. Listen, I will text you the questions in advance next time, okay? So you can yell at me off air not on air, right? Hey, it's uh,
4: it's a blast as always. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: Uh, uh, sorry it took us so long to coordinate. Sorry I'm so old. Um, but congratulations <laughs> to you on making it to the Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, as you know, and uh, we were all super happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. premium regular
2: beer.